<laughs> when are we gonna say out loud that- when are we gonna say out loud that Bee? i love a good sequel you from inside the walls this is episode 41 ship of destiny chapters 35 through the epilogue and i'm rachel a rereader i'm Alyssa, a rereader i'm jenny and i'm a new reader <laughs> i'm eli and i'm a new reader i'm elena i'm a new reader and i'm ashley and i too am a new reader so last week i edited out a lot of spoilers that were my fault so Good job, me. Too bad you can't edit my mind. <laughs> You're fine. You're exactly where you need to be right now. So, let's see. First up, corrections, omissions, and announcements. Uh, shout out to commenter known only as S uh, for letting us know that we're really funny and that they vibe with us. Aww. So, we're seriously that. just giving ourselves five-star reviews. <laughs> <laughs> We're funny. I like it when people send compliments and say them. Does the S stand for I mean, serpent? So it stands for you. it stands for smeli. <laughs> S for serpent. Serpent sympathizer. Yeah. Thank you, and also you're welcome. Um. That's all for announcements. Oh, uh, so, uh, corrections. I messed up the chapter order in the last sign-out. Apparently skipped over an entire chapter. So instead of six chapters, we're about to do six and an epilogue. Maybe we'll still do it in the time allowed. I don't know. We should, because otherwise I'll melt. (laughs) (laughs) We lost Jenny to heatstroke. (laughs) Jenny goes early. That way, if she passes out, we But <laughs> <laughs> stop talking, you'll know what happened. <laughs> oh, well, isn't that... Somebody fell asleep once. Was it Alyssa? Yeah, it was Someone me. Did. Yes. <laughs> and I do it again. Riveting. Riveting. So really, we actually do really appreciate those comments telling us we don't suck because we just <laughs> fall asleep, blackout, or get heat stroke during our podcast. <laughs> We're not a podcast of promises. You know what you're getting. <laughs> okay, so before we start, we do have a long list of content warnings. Gerge warnings. Uh, yeah, reminder. Uh, so there's a content warning on the whole thing uh, for people speaking fondly of Kenneth, which I felt deserved <laughs> a content warning. Here, here. Uh, <laughs> yep. Chapter 35 will contain assault-related trauma. Chapter 36, more assault-related trauma and some straight-up PTSD. Kinda Chapter 37. That. Yeah, that's good. We're going <laughs> to minimize it as much as possible. Chapter 37 has some more assault, PTSD, and two scenes involving sexual advances that trigger 
Althea as the victim. Uh, chapter 40 has more trauma and discussion of her rape and also discussion of traumatic memories for Paragon. So there's a lot, but we will hopefully not. Chapter 39 I seems... just straight up ignore it. <laughs> All right. Some safe harbors there. <laughs> and the epilogue. <laughs> the epilogue isn't safe. It's full of serpents. <laughs> It's the least content warning for gross descriptions and the word oh. secretions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so first up is chapter 35. That's Eli. Chapter 35 is Hard Decisions. So, following Costco's rescue from the Jamalian ship, things are still hot. The battered Jamalian fleet still out- greatly outnumbers the pirates plus Paragon and are battering them with rocks. The ships with the nobles who first captured Costco uh, is now sinking, however, and all the that's all the wind his sails need to launch full back into asshole mode. Costco is bleeding like a stuck pig and stands on the deck of the Vivacia yelling your mama jokes at his former counselors and friends <laughs> as their ship sinks. Quote, Peter, oh best of smoking partners, your forests and orchards will smoke in memory of you. A particularly good bit of Costcoism is when he went on to praise Kennet to bind their deeds together. At the end, Kennet recognized that my survival was more important than his. Brave soul, I defied those traitors, but when they came with the killing thrust, brave Kennet took my death for me. Oh, Costco. That's cute. On Paragon, the crew contemplates their situation while as well as the dead pirate king. Uh, the Jamalian fleet has used their greater numbers to surround them and are holding back because they're scared of shit of the live ships and they're just launching rocks instead of closing in on them. Somehow they will have to break free and make a run for it. Suddenly, Etta hops down from the figurehead announcing that she carries Kenneth's child. <laughs> Brashen, uninterested in babies, is more concerned with how she passed from Vivacia to Paragon and realizes that she must have been passed from one figurehead to the other. Roshan yells over to the other ship, and Althea immediately gets the gist. I cannot jump the distance. You'll have to toss me. <laughs> so, like many, so many potatoes in a sack, Althea is tossed about a football field or so, tumbling head over heels into Paragon's waiting arms. Roshan yells, no, but Paragon snatches her just fine and chooses this moment to reveal to Roshan that his eyes are now working. There's a slow-mo reunion scene, and Althea and Brashen stare at each other so long that Clef has to start giving orders. <laughs> Back on the Vivacia, Wintro orders that the Jamalian nobles be saved. In his most pragmatic display of the series, Wintro immediately orders them to be tied up around the edge of the ship to be used as a human shield. The worst lo- line so far in the books is uttered, what would Kennet do? Wintro, please don't have wristbands made. Um, but I guess Winter has it after all. He knows what he's doing. He uh, just needed a pep talk from Avesha. Wintro rallies the pirates and they make a break for it. Even Carrion sticks around to help the Motley uh, escape. Even though uh, it's long after all the other serpents have left, so he's pretty much a long lost cause. And uh, appropriately, Carrion dies in defense of the pirate feet, fleet. Rip. Rest in peace, Carrion. Rest in pepperonis. Um, 
The death of Moby Dick sends Paragon into a rage. He plows into the Jamalian ship in front in a move that I definitely predicted because of the axe, but was not even remotely ready for. He pulls out his wizard wood axe and chops the other ship into kindling right there. A hole is made in the enemy trap and the pirate fleet escapes as Paragon continues pummeling. On Paragon, they've got their own unintentional human shield as Kyle shows up just long enough to get annoying as shit. And then a volley of Jamalian arrows silences him forever. As the Jamalian fleet closes in on the lone Paragon, Althea screams at him to flee for the sake of Kenneth's child and finally they make a break for it. Do you guys remember in the animated Beauty and the Beast where her dad has that, like, wood chopper machine? (laughs) (laughs) And it, you know, it goes kind of crazy and, like, lets them out when Belle is locked up. That's 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 Paragon. I think that's fairly accurate. (laughs) Was it it really, really terrible that I laughed? Um... (laughs) when Kyle died and (laughs) and not because he died. I mean, that was sad. And like, I know Malta's going to be sad and I heart Malta, but like, um, it was more just like, Oh no, he was truly irrelevant to the plot. So it's just, it's this quick, you know, like, Oh, you're dead now. Bye. Bye, Felicia. (laughs) I was like happy and mad about it at the same time. Like, you know, it's not like I wanted him around at the same time. It was like, why did we bring him back for this? It was, was a very Game of Thrones ending, I thought. Yeah. Was, yeah. Like, the TV show? We, we got, like, yeah, a really like, what, sad, like, was... like, descriptions of all the ways that he'd been tortured. Yeah. Um, right and he was rescued that. from that, right? And, like, he was he had, like, a second chance, but instead... Mm-hmm. But he didn't listen to Althea's warning, and so now he's dead. Yeah, he, he wasn't was grateful. He was in no you. way grateful for the fact that he was rescued by Mother from this island. Yeah, it's instead, amazing. he started to it's mouth amazing. off again. It's like, dude... And ducked, he didn't, so... Didn't even well, I think him. I think from a from a narrative perspective, like we we find out in one of the in the chapter with Kefria, um, why this had to happen. It was so the family could witness him being dead, and she could have closure. I mean, that's from yeah. a narrative perspective why he, you know that happened, but like why he was rescued at all. I guess. Oh yeah, I guess. Well, because Althea, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, it, but- I think it's also just like Hob. Hob is very into. So things that don't necessarily make a lot of narrative sense, but just kind of seem more realistic sometimes, you know, where mm-hmm. it's like you think it's going one way and then reality intervenes and in strange ways and him not getting to have any kind of redemptive arc is one of them. It wasn't yes. even redemption I wanted for him. I just kind of wanted like Wintro and Malta to see him again. Although Malta see him again would probably be bad because she'd be like, oh, what did they do to you? I want to save you. And then Mitch would be like, die, please. <laughs> it is amazing, though, that it didn't take any spark out of him, the life he had lived on that island. He was still... Right. Still, just, <laughs> still an asshole. He was basically the same person. Yeah. He just give him some raving. sunlight and it yeah. just awesome. came right back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a plant. Yeah. Uh, Moby Dick. Uh, I'm unhappy with that because that was the best. You guys, I legit like reading it was like, no! Oh my god! I was super attached to him too. Like that was that was unnecessary. I mean, like all of the serpent deaths in this section were unnecessary. We never learned his name. I know. Oh yeah, I guess we didn't. He deserved to get to be a dragon. 
I mean, I probably would have hated him once he became a dragon, but, I mean, he deserved to be a dragon. Yeah, because he was, like, so mad about, like, everything that happened and how pointless it all was, and... He wasn't a sheeple. Yeah. (laughs) Turns out... And he was real big and strong. He would have been such a cool dragon. Serpents are pretty sheeple, aren't they? A lot of them are, yeah. It's interesting. They're pretty sheeple. (laughs) (laughs) They're kids, okay? They're like little ducklings. (laughs) Horrible ducklings. Oh, to have Rachel defending serpents for me. Right? (laughs) right. But then you always have those one or two little ducklings that just like absolutely have a goddamn mind of their own. I mean, I'm not saying I have one like that, but you know, some some children like serpents. (laughs) Or baby, whatever they're like that. Some of them, I I don't know. I liked I liked the uh, kind of hook. It was very like cinematic hook nature of the swinging and the throwing and people flying and landing. <laughs> well choreographed. So yeah. yes. it was very exciting. When Etta crossed over, it really seemed to me like she got just like kind of like passed over, like hand. Yeah, to hand. they were close together. I they, so, yeah. yeah, I think they were further apart when Althea was done. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. what it seemed like. She got tossed in the air. It was like a last ditch effort kind of like, oh fuck. So maybe it was only like twenty see. feet. I don't know. I think that was also just for the dramatic effect of her having to like trust that Paragon was going to catch her. And the and Irish so she, deal. And yeah. I don't know how she came out, like, not bruised in her ribs or something, but whatever. I'll take it. I'll he, go with it. He used the wizard wood to become pillow arms <laughs> for just a second. Well, if if he, you know, moved his arms in the right way, like, where, like kind of with, like trapping a soccer ball yeah. or something, where you, like, yield your body just a little bit to it with, with the motion, you kind of make it a gentler um, receive. Well, we'll just hope for that for her. Do you think that'd be a cool sport later on with like all the live ships? The Althea toss, <laughs> the human tossing. It's well, there's the, that like, game. I water what polo. It's called, where they, yeah, it's basically polo, but instead of a ball, they have a goat head. Ew. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Can they toss Kyle's body around? <laughs> well, no, because you'd have to. It'd be like you'd have like a. Like, you know, like, the person would have to do things and, like, maybe climb around on the ships. And maybe that's why you need to, like, toss them. Yeah. What is that sport called? Sport with polo goat head. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry like to actual listeners. Buzkashi. Buzkashi. It's from Afghanistan. National sport of, it's called Buzkashi. Goat but- grabbing. I get it. The goat makes a little more sense. <laughs> like an actual goat head? Yeah, instead of a ball. Like severed from the body? Yep. Is it bloody? Uh, <laughs> or did they like doesn't... sew it up? <laughs> doesn't. I, I think that like. It's taxidermied? I can leave while you this finish. That's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. We just had some content that wasn't so good for our uh, our sister podcast. With the farm animal the, noises. Yeah, they the just really weren't noises. feeling it. Content warning. Yeah. It's the opposite of a farm animal making a noise, what you're describing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, moving on. They make me morbid, those live ships, a little bit. 
Mm. Um, I loved Costco making his list, checking it twice, writing down who was <laughs> naughty and nice. <laughs> Do you think he like got some of that like snark from Malta? Maybe a little, yeah. I mean, he yeah, he always had the fire in him, but he was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think he did. Yeah, he was always like petty and vindictive. That 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 part wasn't new. <laughs> he had that going for him. It's charming qualities. Yeah, but then he realized that like a good like a good zinger, you know, mm-hmm. that's an art. <laughs> hey, lose the lips. Your mama was a snowblower. <laughs> I mean, we had uh, previously. We've had Cirilla. Uh, notice that I mean he's he's smart he's just not like applying himself he doesn't apply himself at all and he's like high most of the time is this his report mm-hmm, yeah. card yeah in the it third is, grade yeah. yeah it's his third grade report card <laughs> well he is I guess well no he's not really that again. sober anymore right because he'd gotten more of his no I guess no he's sober now yeah he's sober now yeah. They weren't giving him drugs on the he hasn't had herb in a while he he hasn't yeah. he hasn't even had his like Ants crawling over his body shakes in a while either. Yeah, but he still has an alligator in spelling. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anything else we want to talk about for this chapter? Um, Hooray, Wintrow not trying to, like, become Kennet, the second coming of Kennet, and being like, oh, I I can be my own man, can't I? Oh, I'm going to think for myself. Awesome. I got this. And then doing it. That was cool. Good job, Winter. Finally, like, breaking through that main character barrier on the last uh, chapter. Yeah, I think a little too little too late for me, but I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's, it's like you have that hope for the future. Like, okay, so maybe he's, you know, not going to be such a a milk toast going forward. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think he seeded the plot line to Etta in a, in, in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that, like, she deserves that. So I'm not really uh, that mad about it. Yeah, no. She totally deserves to be a fucking queen. Yeah. All right. Chapter 36? Chapter 36 is called Secrets. Um, so as Paragon catches up with Vivacia and the rest, Althea and Amber quietly erase Kyle's existence as should have been done two books ago. Um, <laughs> the Jumelian <laughs> ships are still chasing them because they can't give up as long as the Satrap is still unfortunately alive. Um, as Brashen and Althea cuddle at the wheel, he remarks to Amber Ornamental about the axe, and she says she never dreamed he would actually use it. She's also sure. super pissed that Paragon's eyes are blue because they're supposed to be dark brown, nearly black. Um, so that's, that's interesting. As we discussed, (laughs) as we discussed in the spoiler section last week. Um, so everyone basically agrees that Wizard was strange. That's like the consensus they come to. Um, Althea decides not to tell Brashen yet about what Kenneth did and says she can't go see the figurehead yet. She also hates the blue eyes for understandably different reasons. Russian then catches her up on the plot and explains how Kenneth was a Ludluck all along, and now the ship seems whole. 
Uh, Asia and Althea discuss battle tactics. Brashen takes up the idiot baton from Rain and decides that Althea is going to leave him for her ship and he'll just have to be content with loving her from afar. Gotta love these guys. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Edda is chilling on the foredeck and she's trying to make sense of the complexities of Wizardwood as well. And Paragon tries to explain that Kenneth is a part of him, but he is not Kenneth, and thank God for that. He at least offers some reassurance to her that Kenneth loved her as fully as his heart could love, which, as we know, is not much. The Charm Bracer is also pleased. Um, everyone gets summoned to the Vivacia, and Brashen is super grumbly about it, but she's thrilled to see him, and she's pleased with the progress that Paragon has made with him. Amber's just super shocked to find the nine-fingered slave boy in Wintro at long last, and he's like, what the fuck? Um... <laughs> And then they all meet in the chart room, and Wintrow does what he can to start wrapping up the story. The treaty has been approved by the Jamalian nobles, uh, hostages. He gives Malta some props for that, at least. Uh, he also tells everyone about Queen Edda carrying Kenneth's son, Lech. Sorkor is super excited about it, though, and he tells her no more sword fighting. Um, he then explains that Vivacia has to keep her promise to go lead the serpents to the cocooning grounds, and he'd like Paragon to go with them. And then suddenly Tintaglia is back, because why not? Um, she's extremely unsurprisingly demanding that of their help, because she can't manage to keep the depressingly slow pace of the serpents. Uh, so when all of Winter's plans seem to be upended, so they can find a place for her to land and meet with them properly, and Edda suggests some place called Stink Island, which sounds terrible. <laughs> Don't talk about my house that way. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of the in the labyrinth, the stinky bog, like that's the bog of eternal of. stench. Yeah, <laughs> mm. and they have to light fires so that she knows where to land. I thought she had dragon eyes. I thought she could see. Yeah, I would stuff. think that if like one of your skills is flying all over the planet, that you would be able to see where to land. See a island, just one. Was the moon just like on vacation? Her eyes are spinning too much for her to see properly. Yeah, maybe she's she's just too tired. She couldn't. Focus. Yeah, she's exhausted from not being able to go slow. She was too hangry to uh, to focus. Okay, that's she real. Was pretty hangry. Yeah, yeah. Get her a Snickers. I do like that. Winter's like, this is what's gonna happen. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna act like this mafia guy for like twelve minutes and tell everyone <laughs> how it's gonna be and how they're gonna go and like. Capiche, and then Tagli is like, no. Capiche. Like, all of that means nothing. Let's do what I want to do. I'm glad that you had a plan, but it's a stupid plan. We're not doing it. Hell to the no. How Um, dare you tell dragons where to go? mm -hmm. They're going to tell her where to go. She's got to land somewhere. Stink Island, right there. I do like that they just quietly shove Kyle into the sea. <laughs> I mean, Brushing. what else, are you, what else okay. are you gonna do with it? Like, anything else raises so many questions. Instead, it's like, I mean, he died bravely in battle and was buried at sea. And you just, what else could we do? <laughs> yeah, because we didn't need any of those scenes. Like, we just didn't need to suffer through them. So we might as well just skip ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Robin Hub is very good at that part. Oh, yeah. She gets to the end of the book, and she's like, this stuff isn't important anymore. We're just going to 
just gonna get on with it. Cool. I think she knows exactly who you care about at the end. And it's not him. Yeah. Like, I mean, Paragon like, could have I'm absorbed him, but eh. Well, you don't absorb the whole body. I, I like that his blood pools on the the deck, and then Althea like washes it away, just yeah. further erasing him. It's great. Well, like. I don't know. I think, like, if you're Robin Hobb and you only have, you know, eight and a half pages to end your trilogy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you could have however many pages you would like. It's not a television show. You have to, you ha- but it's true. Like, the, <laughs> like she could give herself more room, but she exactly. just doesn't. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I gotta wrap that she, up. Oh, she yeah. could have another hundred pages if she wants to, although, you know. I think I, but I, I like, I respect it because, like, anytime I had to write anything for school, which was many hundreds of pages of nonsense, like, I would just write until I couldn't anymore, and then I would just figure out how to end it. And I think, (laughs) (laughs) like, about 30 pages, okay, done. Done. (laughs) You know, there, there is actually. There, there is an art to having a really extended denouement in a story that's actually like that has the same depth as what went before, but also holds your interest. And with as much as she needs to wrap up after the sort of like excitement climax, it could like drag on for literally another 100 to 150 pages, or she could do it quickly. And I think it actually works better to just do it quickly. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, I, and she really loves her mysteries. Yeah. yeah like she's never going to explain everything like she that those those mysteries like give her life that's what powers her it's like <laughs> how you, you close the book and you're like but wait a second but what about what about all this other shit and then she's like yes human yes tiny human i take your i take your frustration <laughs> your energy vampire welcome to life <laughs> sweet my sweet summer child welcome to my next trilogy but we only need one okay robin Ob. <laughs> um, well that that, ex- that explains the uh, liking the, the moby dick picture <laughs> she's like ah sister <laughs> with her big meaty claws on her phone <laughs> that little heart button what's this fleshy thing um i do i i was kind of like i rolly at brashen's descent into Almost like a Fitz level of insecurity. <laughs> yeah, oh, I do much more eye rolling in chapter thirty-seven. Don't you wait? Oh yeah, it gets worse. <laughs> it gets way worse. Mm-hmm. Don't you wait? Don't you? This worry. is just the start. Yeah, it's like oh, of course she's leaving. Of course she's looking forward to leaving. Of course we're not going to be together forever. I'm like, oh. use your words. Oh my god, it's literally <laughs> in words, my notes. Boy. In my notes, I say, use your mouth hole to speak words. <laughs> <laughs> Because for real. You know what happens when you assume Brashen? <laughs> you go to stay. Nobody gets any ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought the uh, section with Paragon and Edit, Edit, Etta, talking about Kenneth, <laughs> um, Edit, <laughs> where Paragon says that he brought Kenneth back to life two times before. She's like, why can't you bring him back? And he's like, oh, been there, done that twice. Um, I don't know. It just made Paragon seem so selfish. 
I don't feel I like a lot of issues was... with some things yeah. the Paragon has done, so that tracks. Yeah. Yeah, that tra- that definitely tracks. And they talk about it again in the chapter that I summarized as well. I oh, was that maybe, did I jump chapters? Sorry. To be honest. I mean, I don't, I don't know. People do selfish things for the people that they love. And, like, if you're in a codependent relationship and you're both mentally 12, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, you know, I can, I can see it happening it's sad, but I, I'm glad that they've grown beyond yeah. it. There's a little bit of like a biblical, like three times kind of grown beyond it know. somewhat, considering it's, later it's three events. important in the Bible. I don't know why I've decided that's biblical. Yes, maybe it's not. Okay, no yeah, it's, there's there's a lot of like spiritual laws. Well, I know that, like the Trinity you know, come in three. Can, so yeah, yeah. So the triangle, mm-hmm. the holy triangle, the Bermuda Triangle. We didn't have one of those in this series either. No plank walking. I told you. We do. It's Other's Island. (laughs) Where's the triangle? We never do find out what's up with with, with Other's Island. If this game was a video game, you know how in Red Dead Redemption, if you go to that one cabin at like two o'clock in the morning in like August, there's an alien? What? No. (laughs) There's a vampire in one of the towns. There's a vampire in, in, in San Denis, but if you go to this one cabin that's empty, it's like a burned down cabin with a hole in the ceiling. It's like a <laughs> meteor hit it. If you go in the middle of the night when the, when the moon is like at the top of the sky, you'll see a UFO. And the, and the UFO comes and like scans the thing and leaves. I feel like if this was a video game and it was like a big map that you could explore... If you go to Others Island at the right time, you'd see aliens. That's that's mm. the vibe I get from Others Island. Are okay. the others the aliens? No, no. They, they're I the have reason other things to the say. aliens left. <laughs> they're abominations. There's nothing here but these weird fish head guy thingies. <laughs> Not worth <laughs> leaving. <laughs> I definitely looked them up in the wiki, and now I can't remember the explanation. <laughs> well, I'll tell you in spoilers. Um, all right. 37? It's me. Chapter 37, A Dragon's Will. So, Rain and Maltar building a fire on the beach of the muddy, stinky island to signal in Tintaglia. Rain gets handsy with a shivering Malta to heat her up a little bit. Wintro is disgusted by their PDA, and Rain gives <laughs> zero fucks. Tintaglia lands, and of course, she is super ungrateful for all of the humans' hard work and help. And is anything ever good enough for her? Hell no. Amber thinks that Titi is really pretty and says, I see now what Paragon meant. Only a trueborn dragon is a real dragon. All others are but clumsy imitations. And Jack's like, what the fuck do you know? Six dragons, six, six duchies dragons forever. And Amber is just kind of thinking to herself, like, actually, I know a lot, you twat. So... <laughs> T.T. demands Malta step into the light so she can get a better look at the girl that she flew all over creation trying to find, and she notices Malta's crest and announces to everyone there that it's actually an erogenous zone, and so get ready to be horny, like, all of the time. Um, When the wind blows, when you need to rearrange your hair, when a bird lands on your head, all of it. So, Tintagli dictates that Paragon is going to escort the serpents up the river, and Vivacia will go to represent her interest in Jamelia. Uh, Wintro doesn't like that she has a little lady boss attitude and tells her so, and then Tintagli reminds him that he's a stupid human, and he's insignificant, and that he should be happy to serve the dragons. And he's all, well, but I don't care, it's my life. And then he breaks out into John Bon Jovi's head. It's my life, it's now or never. 
I ain't gonna live forever. I just wanna live while I'm alive. It's my life. And then Malta tells everyone to take a goddamn chill pill and go to bed. Uh, the humans stay up all night negotiating stuff, and honestly, I can't be bothered to recap it because, like Althea, it makes me fall asleep. And if you want to point something out, then just go for it. Um, they decide on some shit, and they're going to ask Tintaglia to chase the Chalcidian jerks out of their waterways. Everyone breaks for a nap on their respective ships, but Amber goes to the Vivacia to talk to Wintro. Brashen is like a fucking huffy puffy teenage jerk in this section, and he tries to just leave without Althea, and she's like, what the fuck, yo, I need to go get on the boat with you. And he acts like surprised about it. So they get back to Paragon, and the ship is like, so how fucking cool are those dragons? Like, what do you think about the dragons? And Brashen was at least smart enough to say, like, yeah, they're cool, and so are you. Uh, Althea is struggling with PTSD and has a hard time looking at Paragon's blue eyes. She and Brashen go to their room, because he just mushed them into two, into one room. Um, and I guess he thinks he's going to get some farewell sex, but Althea is clearly not in the headspace and is like, dear God, can we just go to sleep? I'm tired. And Brashen is a jerk, and he's just... Also not informed, but he's still acting like a turd, and he's just radiating pity pot and anger vibes as they try to go to sleep. So back is super sexy. Right? It's like, okay, I guess since you're acting like such a turd, I'll have sex with you. It's so sexy when you're so mopey. Um, Althea's like, tomorrow night will be better, and he thinks it's because he won't be there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Accurate. Back... (laughs) Back on Vivacia, Etta is summing up the mystique of Amber jealously in her head, and she just doesn't get her whole look and her whole vibe, and she's lonely and obviously concerned um, that she could lose Wintro, but it's just really annoying because she should give herself some more credit and just know that she can be strong and independent, but she doesn't. Um, we cut over to Amber and Wintro, and he starts off by saying, I'm tired for the first out of 50 times during their five-minute conversation. <laughs> Amber um, starts talking like the Riddler and she talks about how she's been <laughs> looking for him and how her bat signal got thrown off because the, uh, got thrown off the, the trail because, you know, Althea and Malto were making her confused. But now that she's met Wintro, she like definitely knows that he's the one that she's been looking for. And basically the convo goes, I've been looking for you. I'm tired. I don't know if I've <laughs> done my job and if you've done yours. I'm tired. Do you not feel connection to me? A spark? I'm tired. And my only regret is for a bed unslept in. And then she busts out like real weird. A bed unslept in and a woman unbedded. The bed is yours by right. But the woman, though she may come to you in time, never completely belongs to you. Yet the child is yours. For this child belongs not to he who makes him, but to he who takes him. And... He's like, are you talking about Edda's baby? Because, like, yo, I'm really tired and you sound weird. And <laughs> Edda is more fit to be a mother of a king than Kenneth was to be a father. So, like, can we go to bed yet? And Amber agrees and she tells him to stick with Edda and the baby. And he's like, who are you? What are you? And then poof, she just disappears. But then Edda rolls up and she's like, oh, P.S. I'm really sad and I don't want to raise this baby alone. And Wintro says, I promise you, you won't have to. And then the scene closes with Enrique Iglesias singing, I can be your hero, baby. I can kiss away the pain. I will stand by you forever. You can take my breath away. <laughs> oh, poor 
you're so perfect. So Althea has a traumatic night terror and wakes up Rashin by hitting him. They decide to get up and Rashin's still being a little turd because he thinks Althea's leaving him and he didn't get any last night. And they realize that they have to actually speak out loud to know what's going on with each other. And after using their mouth holes to speak, they realize that Althea isn't leaving. She's never going to have Vivacia back. And she does want to marry Brashen. But now it's like, mm, are you sure about that? Sadly, when Brashen and Althea try to have a tender moment together, her trauma forces her to merely tolerate Brashen's affection, which is really just deeply sad and horrible and was a really great way to end that chapter. Yeah, it was horrible. It was really sad. Yeah. I definitely cried. Yeah. Yeah. Thank no you for this musical chapter. Yeah. You know, they just came yeah. to me. The words just spoke, and this is what I felt. <laughs> well, every every good. every episode of a sitcom has to have that one, you know, musical episode. So here we this are. This is it. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> the musical trauma episode. <laughs> Ours is yet to be. Music is an episode of great healing. I mean, and a vehicle of great healing. I do want to do a shout out to Jack, though. I know I sent the text to everyone, but I'm going to do it officially on the podcast. Jack, sticking up for the six duchies dragons. She's like, perfect. what do you know about dragons? Six duchies. What? 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 <laughs> like, you know that she's I'm just, like, puffing up her chest, like. <laughs> that the six duchies dragons are better because... You wake them up, they do what they're told, and then they go back to sleep in a rock garden. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. the kind of dragon I can tolerate. But they also <laughs> sucked up the lives of others, so... Well, you know, everybody just has their flaws. Just a little tiny bit. It's just a little bit. Everyone has their flaws. It's fine. Yeah, they don't you know? breathe acid breath on everybody. Yeah, exactly. I mean... You get to they live. Were, that makes them They were willing sacrifices. Cool. They just make people go poof. They just make people forget. If you get too close, they will eat you and you will poop. But that's on you. <laughs> Which dragon would you rather be? One you make people go poof or one you spit acid from a throat sack? I want to make people go poof. It seems cleaner. I want to oh, be a messy so acid hard. I, don't, I think I might want to be an acid dragon. If yeah, I don't have to clean up like... the mess I leave behind, then I would be an acid dragon. That's for if humans. If you're an Definitely. acid dragon, that means you have to go through the, the whole, like, salmon cannon thing. Like... Perfect. <laughs> only once. You only have to go life. through it once. <laughs> yeah, but you retain all of the memories of all the times you did it, like, once you get your memories back. So it's not just once. You just become boring. <laughs> like... Yeah, but if you really like napping, then being a stone dragon is pretty great. Yes. Oh, my God. So many <laughs> I need the thrill of the salmon cannon. I don't like napping. I think I, I think I'm gonna go like hunt, yeah. You know, sea 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 oh, sea bears and six duchies dragons don't have any control about when they get to be alive. Like, yeah, you not... got to recharge their batteries every once in a while. That's yeah. true. And they have like, but they're like they have cute little birds nests. Like you know, like it's like Shadow of the Colossus. You're just minding your own fucking business. It's like saying you'd rather be a headstone than a living person. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I just want to emerge from a cocoon looking even worse than I did before. <laughs> Smellier and with better breath. I think that the stone dragon could be the ultimate cosplay. You know, you make it, you put all your blood, sweat, and tears into it. <laughs> and then you become it. And then you become it. For life. And, you... and then for your glory is gone death. forever. You're just dead. It's in the You're dragon. Again. 
Yeah, I'm not feeling it. But the craftsmanship, Eli. The craftsmanship. People will admire you in your stone dragon. In your stone garden. Forever. It's worth at least $400. (laughs) (laughs) Is this a grant proposal? All right. Are we ready? Are we done with discussing chapter 37? Do we, should we move on to chapter 38? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I've brought in a guest to do chapter 38 for us. Hello. <gasps> my, Joey! My, my name is Joey, and I used <laughs> to be part of the Farseer trilogy, Buckheap Radio. We're on Buckheap Radio. <laughs> <laughs> that, we are still, that we are still on. <laughs> that we are still part of, and... And I like to listen to the books, so I apologize if my my spellings are strange. Um, so this is the second chapter I've tried tried to cover. What's this chapter called? What's the title? Third <laughs> chapter thirty eight. I don't have it in front of me. It's chapter thirty eight. <laughs> it's called Malta's Ball. <laughs> <laughs> chapter thirty eight, Joey. Malta, Malta's fateful ball. <laughs> thirty-eight. 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 So spring. It's now spring. In this chapter, is that called Jamelia. Nothing. It's to actually me. called Jamelia City. It's called Jamelia City. It's Jim, 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 Jamal, Jamal City, Jamelia City. Jamelia City. It's called Jamelia City. Um, so I, you don't know this, but I've secretly made a promise to Fitz, the character, that I would never read these books because he's not part of this, and I don't, it's, it's, I wonder why, and it breaks my heart, but, so I, it's weird at all that I'm even talking about these non-Fitz books, and, um, and in, a, in an effort to remain faithful to him, I've, I'm also not listening to the podcast, so I'm sorry. <laughs> but this is an oath that this is an oath I've taken, and I take it very seriously, except for that last chapter and this chapter. But it's important because on the eve of the final installment of this trilogy, this is the final. Installment. I know on this final installment <laughs> of this trilogy, <laughs> Ship of Destiny. I've broken that sacred oath for a second time, and it's be- all because th- that I like to cover the, m- the most important character in this book, Malta. She is. She kind of <laughs> is. The, she the is. Most, the most important character, clearly, in this book. Um, so I apologize if I blunder through a fog of confusion, and I know that my listeners and my fellow podcasters will not judge me too harshly and will be very forgiving, as they always are. Yes. Um, so something I started reading, I don't really know a lot about what's happened. Um, something big just happened though. Something big did happen. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, someone named, Ke- a guy named Kenneth died. Yeah. Kenneth? Yeah, we're all happy. Uh, okay. I didn't know that. Somebody's very sad about it. A character named Edda's not happy that this, that I think she's supposed to marry this guy. Her, uh, her, her, do, her departed betrothed Kenneth. Um, so she's wearing lots of black now, which that makes sense. I mean, he died, so she's in mourning. Uh, Malta's there too, and Malta's getting, uh, fussed over by lots of servants, which she is totally, uh, totally good with. Because if you remember from her first, one of her first chapters in book one, that's all she's ever wanted was to be fussed (laughs) over. That's kind of her main, 
character. That's her main character quality, and I'm assuming that there hasn't been any growth there. So. <laughs> I love so this, this is, is her- the chapter you got. Full, full, full circle. You know, she's she's finally having the ball that she was obviously trying to get to. Wearing a hooker dress. Um, not not wearing hooker dresses now. Um, and uh, you know, she's sort of like, I just wanted to tell Balta Book One, like this is this is it. You've arrived, and it was all worth it. And I really, I don't really know what what's happened to get here. I hope it was worth it. Um, and and apparently, it's like this is like number 500 ball and this unending series of festivals in Jamalia coastal town. And it's pretty awesome. Um, that is still sad because of the dead guy. Um, Malta's <laughs> attending the ball with her betrothed rain. That's his name, right? Which yes. oh, there goes my headset. It's R U Y N. So it's not quite as her, her betrothed so. rain, which makes me think of the, the, the K-pop artist. Um, and they're fucking tearing up the dance floor and spinning and there's swishing of dresses. And Malta apparently wears her face on her sleeve because she's just like, she's smiling like an idiot and making Rain blush by saying compliments to him. And they, they're like a match made in heaven, apparently, I hope. Um, and then sometime during the ball, Rain mentioned, <laughs> this is the weirdest thing to me. Uh, getting Okay, I don't know anything about these serpents. I know that there are ships that talk. And that they're they're like figureheads that talk because that's what the trilogy's about. Um, I haven't read anything having to do with that yet until later in this chapter, <laughs> but I know that they're there, and I know that there's snake serpent creatures, and I know they're connected to the dragon somehow. And I'm assuming that it's part of some life cycle because of some of the stuff that I heard in this chapter. But apparently, a key part of their survival is that they need to get up this thing called a. Uh, it's like a, a, a river ladder or something. And so these snakes and ladders, they have to... <laughs> there's, there's like some system in place. And all I can think of is this fucking salmon tunnel cannon things where you know like those guys will like load up those those salmon cannons and then they'll shoot the fish like upstream. Like, and it sounds like this is more archaic than that, but like they have magic, so why can't it be like that? Because that would be like way faster. <laughs> You're right. But apparently they're trying to use fucking wood and stone, and that makes no sense to me. And it's not magic wood or magic stone. So that I got, I got a good bit of that, and I that that was funny to me. Um, and then sometimes, hold on, no, okay. Ah. <sighs> Etta and Wintro are watching the two dancing and exchanging some dialogue about them. Wintro negs their dancing because, you know, she's his little sister. He's got to do that. And then um, and then he realizes he's being an asshole and he has to, to ask Etta to dance. And she's like, no, Kenneth's dead. I'm not going to dance with you. And then and then at some point I learned that there's a guy named Satrap of Costco. And he's like a, he's a magnamate, I think. Or mag, mag, magnanimous man. Like a party boss. And he runs Jamalia Town, and he's he's pretty cool because they have a conversation. Malta and Rain have a conversation about getting married, and Satrap's like, "I'll marry you right fucking here, Vegas style, with with a <laughs> hundred fucking priests." And they're like, "That's no, no, no. That's like ninety nine too many priests. We got to do this old fashioned <laughs> way. Our parents parents don't want no eloping off in some crazy Vegas town, Vegas coastal town." 
And then, and then this is where we get to the two boats talking, which I'm hoping and assuming that you guys have grown to know and love very well, and that this is all just sort of like topical carry uh, character building. But to me, it's just two boats talking. One's old, one's young. One can't remember being a dragon, so I learned that they were dragons once, which is which is kind of cool. And yeah, can you explain to me uh, the life cycle? They start out. They start out snake, water snakes. Yeah. Then something in a river happens where they get shot off a cannon. <laughs> There's a breeding grounds. Yep. Like salmon, probably eggs getting sprayed, and then <laughs> and then they become dragons, and then they fly around and they get to be dragons, and that's probably the best part of life. <laughs> and then they they die and stop being dragons, and then they become. Stone and or wizard wood. So this is their afterlife. So this is their afterlife. And one of them one of them remembers their previous life and she's that's that's what they're talking about. And she says she's like, I I really miss the stars because like I wish I could fly up there. And then the other one, Ophelia's like, nah, the ocean's like just as vast, so like stop complaining. And then um, I do have a real quote here because I like to do fake quotes, but the real quote was, um, let me see here where I don't even see it anymore. Oh, and my life is nothing for you to disdain. I might add, nor your own. You could take a lesson from my grag. <laughs> don't go mooning. What is a grag? <laughs> what is a grag? Who? What a great question. <laughs> Don't go mooning after the stars when the wide sea is all around you. It's a sky of its own, you know. Um, so yeah, there's yeah, shut up, kid. Like, don't stop complaining. Like, I can't even remember my life as a dragon. Just enjoy the ocean. You're a fucking boat now. And then some some dude named Jake shows up and he's wearing a dress. And Jake is like. Jake is talking to the boats and is like, wow, that ball was fucking awesome. And he's like, I guess he's drunk. And he's like, boats, you miss all the fun. And then is like, yeah, some shit happened. Malta and the guy, Rain, danced and they tore up the floor and it was boss. And you guys missed it. Sorry about that, but I'm going to bed. And then that was the end of the chapter. <laughs> took me a second to realize who you were talking about. The boats were just like, that, cool. Thanks for telling me. Do you me. have any opinions about Malta's dress? I don't even remember. Was it green? I don't remember. No. There were some scales involved. She has scales on her face. She has scales. Is she part, is she part dragon now? Yeah. 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 What part of the life cycle is that? <laughs> <laughs> Joey, do you remember in the Farseer trilogy when they talked about elderlings? They're elderlings, that's and right. And have you ever heard of leprosy? <laughs> <laughs> Elder leprosy? So wait, okay, how did they be... I mean, I don't want to just get a, a breakdown of the books because I feel like I should have just read them if I wanted that. But, like, real quick, why why is, why are they elderlings Dragons now? are like radiation. They've been hanging out with dragons yeah. too? Yeah, just yeah. intimate contact with, not like sexual intimate, but just like mind-to-mind -mind <laughs> intimate <laughs> contact with the dragons is like changing their, physiology, them from being fully human. And now Malta has a big giant erogenous zone on her head and it's just out there. <laughs> Wait, she's, she's got, not. Like, she's she's got not a, even she's, required she's to got cover a it up. Spot. 
<laughs> Women it, still have to wear shirts, play. but she can have that thing just flopping around out there. It's like it's like a, it's her big it's scarlet like, like Ferengi ears. She's a queen yes, now. It is just like Ferengi. Ears. She's a queen, but wait, hold on. I thought they were like all queens now. It's like all. It's like who's all? Well, Edda, so, isn't Edda also so Malta totally, now? Uh, totally did become like the most important character of the whole books, which was kind of. Um, <laughs> I think you might have <laughs> been sarcastic shock. when you said that, but oh, like, yeah, it was definitely. actually super legit. And she's raise your hand if Malta's your favorite, because my hand, my hand is my up hand real high. She's the only one I read about, so Wait, she's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> she's no I mean, fit. Some of the characters group. made it very easy for her to rise to the top, but <laughs> true. <laughs> Yeah, the bar was not always set high, but you know, yeah. But I'm definitely like thinking, hmm. I don't know. I might toss my Althea plans aside and do a Malta cosplay instead. <laughs> oh, that'd be pretty cool. I get some scales. I thought it was just the dress. I didn't know she had literally scales. Yeah, yeah. It it, it actually would be an opportunity to try cool makeup effects, which is not gonna lie, kind of uh, appealing. So wait that. They never talked about how to become an elderling in the in the original trilogy. They and don't just, know. No. They don't know. Okay. All right. Hold on. <laughs> They're fighting boat people in the first books. Does the, do these people have anything to do with those boat people? No. How? Well, no. Don't say that. They're fighting boat people. They're Different not talking boat boats, Joey. These are like merchant boats. I think though. one might be. I think there might be a, there's some fucked up boat. That white ship is running around. It's definitely, there's something wrong. Man, Tarman. I forgot about that fucking white ship. Damn. Yeah, I'm here to bring that back around. It's Tarman. It's not Tarman. It's we tar- could just send Paragon <laughs> after it. He's got an axe now. It'll be fine. It's true. Which one's he? He wasn't in this chapter. Yeah, he's, you didn't meet him. <laughs> one of them boats. Or the, you you would well, like his face. I mean, Fitz fought with an axe. And I, <laughs> I, Didn't he? I do miss I, Fitz. Everybody was quicker than... Uh, Joey's hasn't even... He's read two fucking chapters! And it took me what? forever! <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just going to have an IQ test after we wrap this. That's why we're taking a two-week break, okay? All right, well, enjoy the rest of your Snakes and Ladders books. Thanks, Joey. And I'll be back on when Fitz returns. Your take on Malta is always is always appreciated. Yeah, <laughs> he truly uh, knows. Now that I know truth. she's an elderling, tell, tell yep. him that Tavad is dead. Oh, Tavad is dead. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that guy, that one guy from that chapter. Yeah, yeah. it's been a while, but I loved. thought you'd want to know. Her, her, her crush. It was not her crush. <laughs> So right. should we discuss this chapter? Yeah. Yes. I'm really just sad that the Sage Rock gets to live. <laughs> I guess he was needed, but... So we've we've come... we've You know, I, one of the things I do appreciate about these books is that she has tried to tell us, like, what, what like time is going by and, like, how much time is going by. Mm-hmm. Which, because we were very confused about that in the prior trilogy, always. We were always yeah. like, what, how, you know, how long has it I been? Mean, still don't know how old So it's been is, what? But, you know. It's been a while. So this is like the third years, spring? Is this the third spring we've gotten to in the books? Possibly. It's Did we start in the spring? Because that would be, that would, yeah, and then this is the third spring. Yeah. 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 So it's been, it's been 
we've jumped ahead then at like six months from the last from the last chapter. I wonder if she's. Well, they had to have time for all those balls. Yeah. Yep. And all that negotiating. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, buying all that stone and all the grain. They did make a point of saying, though, that Edda still wasn't showing. That's true. Oh, that's true. So maybe I... it's only been like four months. Yeah, or three or something like, three like that. Three or yeah. four. Yeah, she was really thin, one. so, I mean, she's going to show earlier than the norm- normal curvy girl. You would think that? You would think that? But actually, like, I've worked with, with a girl who was super thin, and she didn't show until That's she was, true. like, That's true. My sister didn't show until months. she was, like, was, six and a half crazy. months. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll do, like, four four months, I think. Yeah. That's, that's safe. safe yeah. Right? I, think, I think that's safe. Like a season has gone by. Yeah. Current count for quarantine. <laughs> mm. uh, I'm just trying to read through Joey's notes. <laughs> Guy named Jake. I guess he listened to the audiobook. Clearly. <laughs> Also, apparently, we've been saying Jack's name wrong the whole time. Jess. Jake. <laughs> Good old Jake. And dress. So, so th- I think that's important to note, though, is that some of the some of the ships don't have memories of being dragons. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So are they like ethical speech? ships? I guess. But there's no way to know. Well, if you could talk to the dragon way in the know. wood, if you put a child next to the log, yeah. <laughs> then you could. Yeah, or somebody who's sensitive yeah. to it, somebody like Rain or Malta, like they'd be able to tell. Like, is hey, is there anybody in there? Hello, hello, just, in there. Just put Clef the on back yeah. for. Put Clef on the deck. <laughs> he seems to know. So when they cocoon themselves, if these if we have logs to make the ships out of, and when we say the word log, if we're imagining like a, a tree log, like long, mm-hmm. then when they cocoon mm-hmm. themselves, they're not like curling up on a ball. They're staying in like one long, they're stretching their whole bodies <laughs> out lengthwise and then cocooning themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah. so. Well, if you think about it, like, maybe a little bit dinosaur anatomy, they're going to have, like, a long neck and a long tail. So maybe there has to be, you know, yeah, space for that. I'm trying to think if there's something else in, in nature that is obvious that does that. I mean, a caterpillars is kind I mean, they don't, like, ball up. But they kind of curl up. Well, yeah. but it's still oblong. I don't know. I mean, maybe the serpents curl up a little bit, too, just, like, they're still really long. Yeah. I think they lay out real straight. <laughs> Stretch. Spaghetti noodle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Malta got a cool dress. She did. So what color was it? It was white, white with, with the red panels, so when she spun. And all mm-hmm. I could think of was the dress from The Hunger Games when I read that. Yeah. <laughs> the girl on fire. All all I could think of was like, there's my princess dress. Right. <laughs> I guess it goes with her red her red crest. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, I think it was to show, like, the red scales and, like, well, I guess the, the gloves she had were cut, right? Yeah, to show she has scales. scales on her arms now. Yeah, and, and she has, they're influencing fashion. Yeah. Yes. yes, she has started all the new fashions in Jamaica. I mean, I do like that about this yes. series, is that you see fashion evolve and change, and you see what causes those changes. Art, technology, fashion, all the things that are hallmarks of actual society are present, <laughs> and they change over time. It's amazing. It's great. I love it. Oh. It's not like, hey, let's go back 400 years and we have the same fucking technology. And the and same, the same fucking clothes. fashions. And the, the same, same hair. Same plank. <laughs> um... The salmon cannon is pretty funny. I think it's more like maybe locks. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that, that's what I was yeah. picturing. Than a cannon. Like they're just widening it so that they can fit, they can go up farther. I thought you meant locks like smoked salmon. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's um, the, uh, the serpents that don't survive that they eat. Yes, they, they, they have bagels. Oh, you guys. <laughs> how sad is it that they eat each other if they don't make it in the cocooning? I like well, the Tintaglia thinks it's gross. Or they all think, whoever is narrating it thinks it's gross. They all Althea. think it's Althea, gross, but you. it's also like they're saving the memories, and it's also really, really practical. For sure. Not going to deny yeah, that. I mean, like, no offense, guys, but, like, if we're on, like, a mountain, and it's winter, and there's no rescue, and somebody dies, like, there's there's one practical, like, yeah. The and if it's, Sorry. if it's tradition, I mean, we do a lot of weird shit in the name of tradition. Cannibalism, for instance. <laughs> Cult. I really enjoyed Joey trying to spell <laughs> everything. But Costco. I was happy that he spelled it Costco. <laughs> he did, he he. That's what that's what that's what the Magnodon deserves. It's Megalodon. Yeah. Megalodon. The Megalodon guy. <laughs> well, he probably listened to it at like three times speed. Yeah. yeah. And was playing a video game at the same time. So it's pretty impressive. That's case. Um, I mean. I listened to it at 1.3 speed because it's, I mean, it's, the the normal speed is just ungodly slow. It's yeah, incredible. It's bad. It's incredible how slow they read it. Rain twirled her across the dance floor. <laughs> it, it is incredible how slow it is. In fact, I can give you the statistic on how slow it is. The recommended reading speed, because I've, I've looked into reading audiobooks at one point um, as a side hustle. The, the recommended reading speed for traditional reading is 140 to 160 words per minute. Now, the recommended speech giving speed is 200 words per minute and the actual average rate of normal human speech is 220 words per minute so like that actually tells you that that's almost 50 percent normal speech speed that they're that's recommended why to listening to at. audiobooks is infuriating to yeah. Me. yeah it takes more effort yeah, because it's like you're it. telling your brain to pause while you it's like they catch up to your brain yeah I think that, like, I mean, I know that there's, like, different versions. Like, I know of these books, there's different versions with different audio readers, depending on, like, what country you're in. And, I, I mean, I know that it's probably expensive, but I, I maybe there should be, like, different readings. Like, 
or different because yes. I don't buy audiobooks, but I would buy them if they would just read faster. You could just I, I do you can think... just speed it up. I mean, I yeah. the speed I listen to it at is like Gilmore Girls speed. <laughs> yeah, but like is is they don't sound like two chipmunks talking on Gilmore no. Girls? Uh, okay. Not to me, anyway. I mean, it's it, okay. You you can speed it up and like it doesn't always sound terrible, but it. I don't know. I, I think some of the people who read books like now go a little faster. I still think it's too slow. It's too still too slow for me, but I want to say it's probably more like in the 180 range where it's almost like, you know, Look, norm- I need Verity style. I need it to be blasted into my brain and <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, if you ever want if you ever want someone to read an audiobook to you, like, let me know. I read fucking fast. Rachel needs to read her books <laughs> like being trampled by a horse. Yes, exactly. Just like that. <laughs> Thank you for getting my ref, my internal reference, Eli. There's um, there's a, actually a really interesting interview that I listened to. Uh, it was a one of the, one of the romance podcasts out there. Um, but they interviewed somebody who is, um, I think she she actually is blind, and so everything is on, um, like audio, and she listens to stuff at like six x. And she played them. A, she played a clip for the the hosts, and it was almost like you couldn't understand that it was English. Like you could catch a word here and there, and they're like, "Holy shit, that's how you read a book a day on audio!" And she's like, "Yep." <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Oh hey, do you guys want a live reading of a message we just? Oh my god! Yes. Breaking news! By Morse code. Mm. This is actually relevant. Uh, So Nicole has just messaged us. Sorry, Nicole, to just put you on blast in the middle of the podcast. It better be good, Nicole. (laughs) Let's see. Says that. Oh, we have a message from from fan fiction land. Okay. So Live Ship Traders is one of their favorite series, but definitely struggle with how Hob and every character other than Althea and the emoji charm (laughs) uh, handle Kenneth. This goes off into fan fiction land a bit, but I choose to think that Paragon quietly shoved all of Kenneth's pain back into him at the last possible moment so that as Kenneth died with absolution in the arms of the ship he loved, he was also forced to know all the pain he had managed not to. That's amazing. I love it. That's genius. Nicole, that is amazing. And that's, no, that, that totally makes sense because that's why, that, that would be why he is like normal now. He got rid of all the fucking anguish and unstoppable put it back in pain that he had been dealing with. He put it back in. Oh shit! Like That's it. awesome. That's so yeah. Good. I love it. That's head all right. Now. Breaking news. That was great, Nicole. We liked it. Extra, wow. extra. That's gold. Rings gold. I like it. I, I love a good head cannon. All right. We gotta, we gotta go over. This will be a five-hour episode. Chapter yep. thirty-nine. Uh, Bingle Town. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you just call it Dingle Town? Bingle, Bingle. With a B. It's an important distinction. The B. <laughs> yes, it is. Thank is you for clarifying. <laughs> no matter how many bells Kefria spends to redecorate her bedroom, it looks like ass. <laughs> <laughs> Kefria knows it. Ronica knows it. Janny, who gave Kefria some nice elvish furniture, knows it. And soon Cirilla <laughs> will probably know it because she's waiting in the parlor right now. <laughs> After musing on the pathetic injustice of it all, 
Kefria thinks the most telling sentence in the book, quote, it was still hard to grasp that the long suspension of her life was over. Hear that? <laughs> Marriage to a white cishet man was a huge waste of time. <laughs> Shocked. <laughs> Trade is coming alive in Bingtown again, and it's really a pity that Amber couldn't have opened up her shop because then it might have been a shop of destiny. Um, mm. even six duchies <laughs> chips are make chips, <laughs> chips, chips are making the trip south to trade old rocks and string lights or whatever it is barbarians have. <laughs> I'm glad we also spent some time in this chapter to rest and recoup with the real heroes of the story. The chickens who survived, get it, recoup. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Cirilla. <laughs> news to share from a bird that arrived and Kefria effectively responds oh wow I love birds <laughs> the news says that the Ophelia has arrived the Vivacia was to sail soon Bingtown is an independent city state just like Italy used to make and oh yeah Cirilla you're fired <laughs> Kefria says delicately how is that our problem <laughs> apparently Malta had negotiated for the Vestrit family to represent the satrapy, and it comes with <laughs> a tidy sum. Other bits and bow tying we learned from this nothing chapter include <laughs> Kefria might be head of the Bing Town Council soon. Good luck to them. Veronica the is tired. Selden is useless and gone. Malta's getting married. Wintrow is useless and gone. Brashen's family won't reinstate him so he can marry Althea, and Serwin is dating a tattooed girl. How progressive. <laughs> After Ronica tells Cirilla not to worry, you can always pull yourself up by your bootstraps, or else you deserve to be homeless and poor. Cirilla is like, well, about that, and gets the deal of a lifetime, a paid internship as Kefria's Jamelia advisor in Selden's old room. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, one shout out to Cirilla, who gets a chapter for once in a very long time. Yeah. It feels, it feels like hey, it, sh it wasn't. Shout out to Cirilla for not, like, exiting the narrative via death. Right. <laughs> she just <laughs> went off stage for a while. <laughs> it was, she felt a little forgotten and like, oh, wait, I need her. So I'm assuming Cirilla comes back later because... Otherwise, I don't really understand why she's here. It was really, Veronica was really harsh with her, though, where she's like, oh, sucks for you, but, you know, you can work hard and figure it out on your own. Yeah, like, Veronica has learned nothing. <laughs> but also super side at Kefria being the head of Bingtown Council. I have yet to actually see her do, we've talked about her doing things, but, like, what she dyed some curtains yeah but like she's mm -hmm. getting all of these different responsibilities and i haven't like i don't know she must just interview really well <laughs> there were a couple <laughs> meetings that she like took in hand and managed really well so but she knows more of the plot than some of the other people so she's more important. that was malta interviewed really well and she... <laughs> The nepotism got her there. Yeah. I think it is nepotism because, you know, I know that Kefria is probably someone's favorite character or one of their faves, so apologies to you. <laughs> but Kefria is, 
like really there as an obstacle for Malta, and I guess she didn't die, so we had to give her something. <laughs> do to you do. think this is Malta's revenge though? Because remember when Kefri and Ronica were like, "We're going to give her responsibilities to show her what being a real adult is like," and then Malta's like, "Here, mom, <laughs> do all the stuff I don't want to do while I go be queen of the elderlings." <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I think you're right, and I think it's nepotism because, like, suddenly she's connected to all these very powerful players, so she gets the job. Maybe it's just that everyone else in Thinktown really sucks, and is even more useful. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely other good people in town. Yeah, and I would hope that the that the Bingtown Council also had like some non-trader families in it, but I guess we'll never know. I mean, I really want to be happy for Kefria that, like, she has discovered that there is more to life than being somebody's wife and somebody's mother. And, like, that playing those roles is really, like, it's not actual personal um, actualization. And you have to do something for yourself and you have to have something for yourself. But um, that just, it came on so, like, it was like that happened off screen and, like, now we're supposed to believe that she's this, like, you know, whole person with goals and ambitions of her own. And it's just like, I appreciate that that's what was done with her arc, but it was, it it didn't happen in a believable way. I think it's because she's just not, we haven't spent enough time with her. It's not like Malta who also does things Mm -hmm. off screen Mm -hmm. and we're like, yeah, we believe it. We believe that she was on at meetings and like doing her thing, but it's because we saw her do other cool stuff. And like, Kefria never really did any of those other things. Right. She had, like, a few moments where she, you know, took over. She took charge of one meeting. Yeah. Two. Because she does one in the Rainwilds, and then she does one in Bingtown. But I feel like that in both of those meetings, wasn't uh, Johnny present? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, like, one other time where she, like, where Ronica falters with, I, it might be with Johnny, like, when they're negotiating stuff and she, like, picks up the slack. And, but otherwise... An incompetent yeah. person can go pretty far if you've got a competent person backing you occasionally in the meeting. Let's see. What else is on this list? Oh, um... People are tired. Lots of people are tired. They're, they're We're all tired. tired. Who's not tired? It's like when people I say they're, they're... I'm so busy. We're all busy. Serwin's not tired. <laughs> Oh, Sir Wynn dating a tattooed Ooh, girl. Scandal. That was it. I hope he really loves her and isn't just dating her to piss off his father. Because that would be rude. I hope he's learned when to kiss a girl. Someone kiss the girl. Well, I just think it's funny that they won't reinstate. Well, it's not funny. It's kind of sad that they won't reinstate Brashen. And Brashen, I guess, cares enough about that. To, so now that he's in stasis, can't marry Althea. Brashen's laughing his way to the bank, so he's good. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling Brashen's about to get reinstated. Yeah. <laughs> what happens when he buys Big Town? <laughs> <laughs> then he's gonna kick his family out and be like, "Sorry, sucks for you." <laughs> When, when Kefri is head of the of the Bingtown Council, she can make an exception. She can be like, "I rec- as the head of the Bingtown Council, I recognize you as a member of the Trell family." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she, 
she can finally do right she, like make up for her day. Her you're shittiness a, you're to your family the now. You can do whatever you want. There are two trails that live inside you. There's you the rich trails and there's those other people. <laughs> the other one. It's like the the green and red apple fossilways. Yeah. Yes. It's like the fossilways. Um. Anything else for this chapter? It's pretty short. All right. And we're going into the last one then, right? Before the epilogue? Yep. That's my chapter. It's chapter 40. It's called The Rain Wild River. Good news. I can still read at this point, so let's uh, full speed ahead. All righty. So somewhere on the Rain Wild River, Althea is on Paragon's deck thinking about jungle vines and how she's going to pay the small crew that she's got left. They've been hauling stone for the salmon shoot, and Taglia doesn't pay well. It must be a dragon characteristic. Amber, despite her open invoices with Paragon, is sitting on his hands and adding some final touches to Paragon's drip. Charging bucks, she says. Sexy ones, I bet. Paragon is happy, but distracted. Althea spends an entire page thinking incredibly horrifying information about serpents eating each other. And then Hob throws in that she who remembers didn't make it to the cocooning grounds, which genuinely made me really I know sad. it's upsetting um the injustice what do you mean she didn't make it I just just it's just ugh. she's been through so much a bunch of other serpents also died from the battery acid water river everyone is so obsessed with the stupid river but I think they should find another river <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, got the one there's uh, yeah there's also an explanation for exactly how our snaky friends cocoon themselves into long cigars of mud <laughs> and spit and now i remember why i don't like serpents so no, i'm cured <laughs> it's so gross <laughs> tintaglia who at first was super micromanaging and very involved with the serpent to cocoon to mud and spit laving to sunbathing cycle later fucks off and leaves it entirely to the humans to do everything while she's off to perhaps recruit more serpents for the battery acid water university <laughs> but she needs humans to help her with that too so that's freaking typical this montage chapter also shows us that Selden is being his best Selden and is now besties with Rain's older brother that no one liked for that one chapter that he was there. <laughs> and that's fine. Who else? Oh, Clef, our favorite six Dutchian, Sixian Dutchie person. Dutch boy is learning to read and he's not very interested in it. But Brashen is a determined and stubborn teacher dad. But speak of the handsome devil. Brashen comes up on deck to join Althea just when Paragon shouts, There! That is it. It is in the trees to starboard, and we're back to contemplating jungle vines. What's in the vines? Well, it's riches. The fabled riches of the rain wilds that we've learned are stolen spoils of an extinct culture of dragon friends. Turns out that Egrot robbed one of the greatest plunder loads and hid it in these trees with a bunch of other booty. Remember how Egrot wanted a live ship to go up the river and how Paragon was blind? It was to keep this loot boot a secret. Egrot's hoard is no less than what our heroes deserve, and I'm glad that they can pay the crew a decent wage instead of running more of those delinquent invoices. <laughs> the booty is enough to fill Paragon's hold and then some. But now, we must break for my favorite part. Like Indiana Jones in The Last Crusade, faithful Amber has found a treasure of her own in Egrot's hoard. A wooden chicken crown, missing its feathers but with ample beak. She asks Paragon if he has any dragony memory of anyone like her wearing such a ludicrous hat. His answer is vague. Maybe, but not an elderling. Then they have a chummy conversation. Where will Amber go next? What will the next adventure be? Oh, 
And can it definitely be Egrot to death below decks near the biggest Crazy. blood spatter in revenge for killing him twice? Theory confirmed. Downer. Amber is a little worried that she didn't move the right pieces on her board since she missed a very important piece in Wintrow until the end, but Paragon doesn't think it will make a big difference. Humans are like bugs, after all. You'd have to be a fool to think you could change the course of the whole world, he tells her. <laughs> oh, Paragon, in that you are more right than you know, she responds. That night, during one of Althea's regular nightmares, a man who looks like Paragon, but with legs and blue eyes, so I think this is actually Paragon, comes to Althea in her dream and tells her to come to the deck. The figurehead tells her she has something of his. He urges her to give him the pain and trauma of her attack, but he's going to leave her the memory, just not the pain. Althea takes him up on this offer, and afterwards, Brashen finds her on deck. She's all wet from the rain, and he takes her below decks to get her dry clothes, and Althea is able to tell him about what happened to her. Brashen, who had felt that Althea's distance was a reflection on him, realizes that she was dealing with some heavy shit, and they agree to start over. To prove to the readers that they're going to be fine, they have sex, but I will note that unlike some of their other encounters, Althea initiates, and there's a consent check-in, so I don't hate it. I hated it, for the record. Up on deck, Paragon and Amber are feeling suffused with well-being. Paragon tells Amber that he was wrong. Quote, I've changed my mind. You're right to want to go north again. It feels good to set people on the right path. So go north. Mm. Yay. Tell us why you hated it, Ashley. I hated it because in the real world, you don't get to just pass your trauma over to some thing and you have to deal with it and then i hate like so she passed over her trauma which is like wonderful of paragon thanks for taking that but then she just goes into being like some female fucking sex bot immediately after that happens there's like there's no time there's no time for her to even like when the process that that happened yeah yeah i'm like what the hell like that just doesn't make any sense to me that someone would be like hey, I was raped, and he'd be like, oh gosh, I feel so horrible. And then she'd be like, you want to have sex? Like, it doesn't even give, it doesn't give her time to process it, and it doesn't give Brashen time to process it. No, I think she was just really desperate to, like, let us know that they're going to be okay. Because Yeah, but, like, what guy is going to get a boner after hearing that the person you love was raped? Like, that's fucking weird. It is weird. It is weird. I mean, I I don't hate it because I I understand why she did it, but it it did make me uncomfortable. I feel like she could have done that part of it in the previous chapter and then, like, had a next chapter where you saw that they were fine, so at least there's a chapter break. (laughs) There are other ways to show that they're fine, like... He, they're standing yes. at like yeah. the bow of the ship, and then he puts his hand over her hand, and she squeezes it, and then he's like, <laughs> "Oh, we'll be all right." Especially because in the other chapters, like she couldn't even bear him hugging her. Yes, so like there was some room for us to see growth without it being like. Yes, they could have shown some affection. Yes. Right now, right now, it really could have just stopped at "Let's start over." Yeah, yeah. Let's start and over and like a hug. Yes. Done. Yeah, because it because it feels so coercive. Like it feels like she's trying to prove something to herself and it also feels like she's trying to right. placate Brashen in his childish need, his like you know, his like, Oh, I wanted to have sex. That you know, that kind of like Even if she was like, you know, out. I will be able to in time. Yeah. Or something. And I, I felt no need to And I think he would have been okay with trying that. to prove it to herself. Like don't care. 
but that's not how I think she also I think Hob also wanted to show some sexual encounter after the you know the rape because it's just like I felt like you know she wanted to show that she she knows what a non-coercive <laughs> non-violent sex scene looks like <laughs> but yeah I think you're right Jenny. but we didn't even get that like they just she's like hey <laughs> I'm going to whisper in your ear, let's have sex. And but, then it cuts out. I mean, like, Bulbrushin was, like, admittedly kind of like, wait, what? what's happening? And then she's like, yeah, I'm going to, like, I'm taking your clothes off. Like, it's weird. There should have been a chapter. weird. <clears throat> yeah. Something. Yeah, it was a little weird. And, I mean, it, it, the, especially the way that Brashin handles everything else. I, I'm... <laughs> I guess it's realistic. I don't know. I don't know. I I was it's... really bothered by the fact that this is clearly like months later, like weeks to months, you know, and she like Althea had promised herself, I, I'll tell him tomorrow. And like, basically, she's held this secret for like a long time from this person that yeah. she supposedly trusts above like anybody else that she supposedly loves above anybody else. And like, I get that part of her character it, uh, her characterization is that she's very secretive and she relies on herself because she feels like she doesn't have anybody else but it really bothered me that that she withheld that trust from him and he was like okay with it in this moment like that it, it just there, there's like a, a level of emotional trust that's not established right here I mean I don't know I would hope that any partner would allow what ever amount of time somebody needed to relay that kind of information like that's but he didn't know that's the whole point if he had like guessed if he had like asked himself like one question in like the weeks after she was rescued and been like "Mm." and there is like a moment where you think that he gets it and that's why he's being patient and like being there for her but then later on there's like a couple thoughts that he has to himself where he's like no she just wants to go be captain of the Bavasia and she's right. just settling for me and I'll take the scraps and so it becomes this insecure thing about him right and i i wish that had just been him being patient and there for her instead of clueless well i'm mad i I mean, I, di- I dislike the fact that she didn't trust him enough to say, you know what, there was some fucked up shit that happened. I don't want to talk about it. I'm not ready to talk about it. But, like, this is about me and this is not about you. Like, why? I mean, I don't know. You think that has to do with trust, yes, though? I, do. I mean, it could just be her own embarrassment and her shame because but, that, those are real things that you I'm feel not saying they're not. Happens. But the fact is that she, she – it, it's about the fact that she doesn't trust him not to judge her for what was done to her. It's about the fact that she doesn't trust that he won't leave her for it or that he won't not want her because of it. Um like she's insecure in her, in like what he feels for her, and so that's just like the claws of patriarchy that still have their yeah yes grip on her yes because she was still you know she might have been independent and raised a little differently but she's still of a certain class of a certain mm-hmm. society where you know that ultimately was her responsibility and her greatest asset yes. right was just like her. Her purity or whatever, quote unquote. She wasn't pure. She had a fucking birth control charm on right. her Right, and, Kef- and Kefria was really upset about it. Right, but like Althea had promised herself like when she took Brashen as a lover, like, you know, like consciously as an adult, like, okay, he, there's never going to be anybody but him. And then that was like, you know, she, that, that was not allowed, you know, that was taken from her. And so, but she feels like responsible for that too. Um, 
I mean, I think that it's interesting that not there are, there really isn't one character in in these novels that like ha- has a starting point and an ending point where they have fixed every quote unquote fixed all of their bullshit, right? right like, yeah, you know, they're growing, they're getting better, mm-hmm. but like real people, they end the story and they still have hangups, yeah, and they still have they still have stuff that isn't dealt with or they're not they don't become amazing communicators just because we want them to, right, and. Yeah, I'm I'm not saying that like it would have been realistic for that. I'm just saying like it bothered me in a, on a personal level like the lack of, of of emotional trust that existed between the two of them that neither one of them was capable of asking for honesty or offering honesty. Right. Well, in in Althea's defense, I think that Brashen wasn't he wasn't really giving her the energy that she needed. No, she wasn't asking for the energy. Right. Yeah, but it just well again they're not very good at using their mouth holes. Exactly. Talking, yes. So. Exactly. Exactly. They're both like making assumptions rather than checking in and saying, "Hey, um, I'm getting this like weird, like sad vibe from you. Like, can you? Do, is that something you want to talk about? Do you want to tell me like what's going on? I can listen. I, I can witness. Like, yeah, I think that if I think I just yeah, I wish that Brashen had been more of um more of a model for like how to be there for people without digging for information or demanding to you know to ma- demanding to re-traumatize someone right to, in order for them to understand instead he's just ma- kind of made it about him yeah. which was a little disappointing yeah I'm not entirely thrilled with paragon learning nothing from the kennett situation and being like oh yeah i'll take your pain away from you because yeah. this will work out great this time well, the change was that he 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 let her keep the memory, right? I guess. Yeah, I mean, he said it a couple times, like I'll just but you get the memory, but like no, you're you you keep the memory, like right? the full memory of it, like the full the you know, like. But I feel like just... it wasn't so much that Kenneth couldn't remember it happening; it was like because he remembered bits and pieces, but it, he took away all of like the empathy that he would have had for other people by well right he took away how he felt about it yeah which like like he yeah to me feels like the root of the problem and then he does the same thing to althea and i well so i kind of felt like it was the like what what paragon did was the you know non um therapy way of i'm going (laughs) to integrate this memory into something that happened to you that is part of your past but you can't get re-triggered into it as if it is happening in the present moment and therefore like you can actually like move on and not like move on without fear and like be able to like have sexual encounters with this person that you love without it like flashing you back to what happened with Kenneth, you know, or anything like that. So that that's kind of my perspective on what he did. So that, that part didn't bother me because I like, I've seen that happen with people where if you, where you, when you actually do like release that emotional um, crystallizing and integrate the memory, like it does, like the trauma part goes away. I just don't, I don't know if the trauma, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think that this is a prescriptivist uh, story that's trying to teach us how to deal with our, with, you know, with trauma. Like, well, think, yeah, because we don't have magic wishful. boats who I can take it I think it's a it wish. Like, yeah. I think she, I think Hob maybe wishes that we could put these things into ships and, yeah. and stone dragons and whatever and, and move on and, and, but we can't, but I guess that's the magic no. of 
So thanks for, you know, exposing us to the trauma, but not giving us a real way to deal with it. Thanks, Robin. <laughs> um, do we want to talk about the rooster crown? Or mm. is it just me? Yeah. <laughs> or is that for the spoiler section? If we said no, would you cry? <laughs> Well, obviously, there is the statue in the first trilogy with the crown, and the fool had the flash, mm-hmm. and all of that. And so now he's like, I found, or so, she found. But, but right, and and those memories, the memories that the fool had that were like from the skill stone were of people wearing these that looked like you know, the fool and looked like Amber and, but they're not elderlings. So, mm-hmm. so I guess my theory was wrong. Well, <laughs> and well, according to Paragon Perry. makes the comment about like, well, yeah, I remember like the person was really pale, but Amber doesn't look anything like them or something. No like milk that, right? yeah. He has that thought to himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't know. So, well, I just think that, I think it's just important to note that, you know, whatever these, these, these characters are, they're not elderlings, right? I mean, I think we figured that out by now because elderlings have scales. Uh, yeah, I shit. never really thought that they were. That was me. <laughs> that was my theory. <laughs> it was a good theory at the time. It was. Use the information. Well, yeah, I guess I'm saying now that I know what I know about Amber's character, I didn't think that <laughs> that was an elderling. But Amber, I, I smell Elena on the that theory. Yes, mm-hmm. there's too many things. <laughs> well, it's just yeah, another uh, strange artifact that we get to possibly deal with in the future. good thing i'm gonna make one <laughs> and that's a good thing i'm glad that you got your rooster crown soon since you didn't <laughs> read this book before i i know i was like whoa i was like this is a really great scene i would have known what the fucking rooster crown looked like <laughs> what what a, sh- what, what a shitty job wiki did not including the rooster crown <laughs> Oh, wait, because, yeah, did you say that you didn't actually finish reading this book? I did yeah. not. That's what happened. <laughs> Gotta be a completionist. So your intro should have said that you were a incomplete old reader. That's right. Can we talk That's about Amber carving charging bucks on Sure. <laughs> I, I think I that was for any that. readers who didn't catch it the first time. Like, <laughs> let, let's make this <laughs> unambiguous. Really, yeah. <laughs> let's put his actual sigil onto this carving. <laughs> Is there a red slash? <laughs> no, no, because the charging buck was his. If it was the regular buckhead that had a slash, you have to put the yeah. slash. The charging, the charging buck was specifically his. He got to choose his own sigil because he was a recognized. Um. Anything else that happens in this chapter? I mean, they're rich now. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Poor God, how can you imagine? They're gonna have to work for a living. No, how dare you? So, well, this goes back to like, if you won the lottery, would you tell people? (laughs) 
Mm. <laughs> you know, or do you just make like a few like kind of not too obvious upgrades in your life mm-hmm. and then say like, oh, we're just good savers. And then like later on you start showing a little flash mm-hmm. or do you just roll out like <laughs> pew, 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 <laughs> like gold chains and, you know designer shoes and yeah well i mean it's you think i didn't like notice a... that they went down to a skeleton crew before this happened i noticed <laughs> <laughs> i think they all just died yeah. well they weren't they nobody was getting paid and it was super dangerous traveling up the acid river and like super boring helping the gross serpents so like i don't know it may have been legit like people jumping ship <laughs> Ooh, yeah, because they've been through some shit. <laughs> yeah, Ev- everyone on the ship was traumatized, except apparently Clef. Well, I'm just I'm glad that we got closure, right? Because yes. like, you know, why was Paragon blinded? Like all of those things. Like we finally we mm-hmm. got closure, and also like we he recovered this the treasure. Like it's part of his journey of recovering all of his broken pieces yes. and like reintegrating them into his life. Do you yes. think Lavoy was pissed that he didn't stay on board? Yeah, if he's still alive. <laughs> they just she roll into Divi Town and they're like, look, we've, we've got the treasure. If they didn't yeah. torture get... everything about Paragon and out of him and then murder him. But also, Amber gave up her shop, you know? like. So she's kind of yeah. Now she's going to get a little bit of cash. But Amber's a transient, so. I yeah, mean, but she still and... needs money. Like True. She's got to go places. Now she's going north. She's going to have to fund that journey. I don't, I don't know. I mean, north. She's not going to ride Tintaglia there. Maybe. <laughs> you said it wrong. It's Tintaglia. <laughs> Can't wait till we get to what she actually gets. <laughs> All right. So uh, should we do the epilogue then, Elena? Sure. Um, the epilogue, uh, which if it it was an it was unnumbered, but it would be chapter forty one if it had a number. It was simply called Metamorphosis. We end these books as we began them, roiling in the muck with the serpents. Our dear friend Shriver, one of the lone confirmed female serpent survivors, is resting peacefully in her cocoon, quote, between in the darkness that was neither serpent nor dragon, end quote. We got the story of the Tangle from the Tangle's perspective. It was long and, per Shriver, torturous um, as a journey. The serpents would never have recognized the river as the place to go upstream and followed Paragon and Tintaglia reluctantly. Many died. Shriver almost gave up at the log locks, but then Selden, who she sees as a young elderling, appeared and, like, Jedi mind-tricked them all into forging on. Um, the cocooning beach was miserable and shitty and cold, and not all the serpents had the strength to eat and regurgitate the mud. Yum. Uh, Shriver definitely should have been doing the core training I've been working on for months, because she could barely lift her head high enough to do, like, a complete weave of a cocoon around herself. But she did manage it. And she saw her best friends, Cesaria and Malkin, did it too, which is a relief, even though she still doesn't know if she's down to fuck either of them. Uh, She tells herself (laughs) not to think of the ones who perished and drifts into dreams of high summer when the lords of the three realms would once more fill the skies. Quick, somebody kill all the (laughs) cocoons. Woohoo! We have more live shares, bitches! (laughs) 
like it's time. You want to sell some ships? I've been taking commissions all spring. How many tiny little face charms can they make? I didn't learn shit right. all. How many birth yeah, control of belly button rings? <laughs> Not all of them are going to make it. They're going to make more boats. This is true, and this time they'll be do- be able to do it ethically because they'll know, like, they'll be able to tell if, if it's alive or not. Put yeah. a child next to it and see. Just be, a, yeah, just be another boat that eats people and, you know, sucks up blood and all the other cool stuff that they do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that Shriver and Malkan and Sasuria made it, even though she who remembers didn't. Because yeah, so of her poor little crippled Suck. body. Oh. It was so messed up. Like all the all the human engineering, they couldn't figure out like a way to you know get some giant slings and hump the the serpents like that weren't strong enough to swim through the locks. Come on now. But then they wouldn't have been able to do their regurgitating. Ah, uh, that's other true. disgusting uh, nonsense that they do. She, wait, <laughs> what if she just washed up on shore and it was like a rehabilitation center for marine life, and somebody's <laughs> like, somebody get this serpent a doctor. And, she and then Selden appeared and spouted some Selden's poetry. Selden's a vet. <laughs> Selden's a vet. He healed her. They with just poetry. respond really well to positive, positive language. Like it's like encouragement really works. Yeah, it does for know. Tintaglia. Like worship me, and then I will do things. Yeah, literally fuels them. It's like that photographer who goes around and like takes pictures of people before and after he tells them they're beautiful. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yep, so we're gonna have dragons. I guess it's fine. <laughs> I mean, that's like that's that's a new world. It's four fucking books, so you better get on board. <laughs> but, that, but seriously, that's a new world. Like when the dragons, you know, are suddenly back after, you know, it, really for all intents and purposes, like not ever being in existence because humans don't remember them. That was the Elderlings, and the Elderlings were, like, a different race, kind of. It's just the same world with, like, some really big picky eaters. (laughs) (laughs) My question is, so I kind of wonder how much they interact with the other areas, because obviously in the Rainwilds in those two cities, they have, like, landing pads for dragons and that kind of stuff. But, like, Buckkeep, does Buckkeep? have landing pads for dragons and nobody just really knew what they were like how far do the dragons fly around who are they really interacting with it seems like they mainly just they're up in the sky talking to themselves about how great they are and then occasionally they dive down (laughs) (laughs) but I feel like the the mountain kingdom would be happy to receive them because that's kind of their like vibe up there is nature and lovey-dovey and it's a little hippie-ish up there yeah the hippies love <laughs> so, the nuclear weapons yeah. the mountain kingdom is the sponsor of the dragons. barnyard animals rachel how dare you podcast. okay i'm gonna head on to the end our final every episode prompts okay. this be my crew character introductions and exits so Bye, again it's a lot of loss there's a lot of loss a lot of loss goodbye Bye, to some of where did letters. mother go what happened to mother she's, that... she's with etta yeah she's taking okay. yeah she oh was, like, that's right that's right she's in, like she has her black dresses yeah, yeah she's yeah, etta's yeah. servant now yeah yeah okay 
Um, yeah, so uh, Talur, Carrion slash Moby Dick. Uh, she who remembers. She who remembers. She who remembers. Yeah. All very sad losses. Kyle, not so much. No. Uh, One of those balls was celebrating Kyle's, <laughs> Kyle's death. Character introductions. I don't think we got anyone new at the last minute. I mean, Jake. Jake. <laughs> One could say Jake. <laughs> you did beat me. By one second. All right. Uh, X marks the spot. Where the where the heck are we? Well, Everywhere. we are in the rain wilds and the river and, and, and Jamalia, which is apparently great now. Party Central pumping. Party Central, the satrap ne- magna- magnanimous magnodon. <laughs> Whatever Joey called it. <laughs> Megalodon Costco. Megalodon Costco. <laughs> the Cretaceous Costco. <laughs> uh, what a tangle. What are the serpents doing? Vibing. Cocooning. Being saved by zoologists. They're dying in droves. Uh, the ships talk whether we learn about live ships in this section. Some of them can't remember being dragons. Yeah, that's yep. interesting. Because those... Those were the yeah. ones where the the the, the little dra- the serpent died in the inside the cocoon, like it managed to make a cocoon and then it died. And that's kind of yes. sad, but you know, I'm I'm super happy that Ophelia like got to stay herself because I liked her. Yeah, because poor Kendry. Yep, yeah, right. He's miserable now. Yeah, yeah. And he was such an affable young man, <laughs> and now he's having like an existential crisis. Permanently. Forever. Um, Is this patriarchy, misogyny, capitalism, slavery, and fashions from Jamelia? This is the satrapy. It is the satrapy. We could get some fashions. Yeah. Is it it still patriarchy-driven fashions when they're led by, like, Malta the Dragon Queen? Probably. The entire series (laughs) is the patriarchy because there were no lesbians in these books. Yeah, refuse to believe the Jack. And also, pilot. Malta is like immediately like, oh, we have to have babies and get married, and I don't know. I mean, if that's what she wants in her heart, then fine. But like, also, wasn't it Wintrow who was sort of thinking like the snarky thoughts about Malta having eight babies? Like, I don't. Ew. Was Malta actually thinking that? <laughs> no, Malta didn't have any of those thoughts. It was it was Wintrow and Rain. Yeah, it's Ew. bad. Yeah. I mean, I think Malta will definitely get off on having important children. Like, the mm-hmm. fact that her children will be, like, the next generation is enough drive for her to oh, yeah, I mean, want to have children. Yeah. The first yeah. Er- yeah. elderlings or whatever. Like, genuinely want them, not feeling forced into it. Right. Mm-hmm. Before, before we completely sign out. Yes. Since it's the end of the trilogy. Yeah. I just, I do still have, like, some unresolved thoughts. Well, I do have questions, actually. Yeah, let's talk about the questions. So, these questions have to do with, um, one, because the live ship books are so beloved, do you, and I know we've, some of us haven't read everything else yet, but do, do we, do we have an idea of why the live ship books are Many, many people's favorite trilogy. I Yo, homie, hearties. Because, well, yes, if you like <laughs> pirates and boats, but I feel like if you're not a fan of Fitz, having multiple POVs 
and female characters is a nice thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. I feel like that's totally agree. That's the mo- a yeah, the, point. I think the multiple point of views was also maybe a little bit more modern. Yeah. I don't know, like it's also a third like person really rather than first person. Now. Yeah. Despite the fact that these books had a lot of trauma in them, um, I mean, the first book we kind of got a, we didn't have to worry about it. The second and the third, obviously, it was much more direct. But I felt like mentally when I was reading the first trilogy, I was just in like a much darker headspace throughout because Fitz was that way. Mm-hmm. And I don't really necessarily think I was that way with these books. Even like if we can isolate those certain instances of rape scenes otherwise i feel like it was more of like an adventure kind of it was a very exciting story yeah i think she's trying to give us like almost a different genre inside this world which i don't mind Mm -hmm. like i don't mind it being like hey i love this world and i love everything in it let's like change it up give me a a new kind of story but like with things that i'm familiar with like I mean, in quotes, yeah. Well, yeah, there's definitely, like, a swashbuckling crazy sauce element to this. Because if you break it down, it's like, okay, we have magic boats that are, like, quickened by the life essence slash soul uh, slash memories of dead family members. And there's, um, like, this crazy, like, <laughs> Red life flag cycle of dragons. <laughs> and... Um, I don't know, a whole bunch of stuff about, like, self-actualization and this, like, insane romance between, like, Lizard Boy and, like, the mean girl who, and I don't know, like, it's, somehow it's amazing. Ah, this brings me to my next question. Romance. Romance. Mm Mm-hmm. Are we, are, are we hoping for, well, I was a little bit less generous with this question i basically said malta and rain or fitz and molly it's not a generous question fitz and molly aren't even together anymore well i mean in terms of romantic right like if you said molly and burrich and rain and malta then molly and burrich was more romantic to you than molly and fitz yeah. I felt nothing. Because they were just like out there trying to survive, but then they slowly fell in love and he loved her baby. And then she's like, <laughs> oh, but I can't love her because my best friend. There is like, okay. there is passion at least where Molly and Fitz was like fucking banana peel. Yes. <laughs> like sad and browning. Well, remember, <laughs> we have an, or Molly and Night Eyes. <laughs> there's the real romance. Ow. Molly and Fitz was like teenage hormones. Yeah, it was just like us watching young people have foolish childlike it love. It wasn't to swing me into their rooms on ropes through their windows. That's why they should have glass in their windows. Yeah, so that teenage boys can't swing into them. And my final question. <laughs> Once and for all, what's better, a dragon or a live ship? Oh, man. I mean, a dragon is free. They're their own entity. A live ship is trapped inside of a vessel that they didn't ask for. So I don't think, Can I ethically pick a speaking, live ship? I could say live ship. The, uh, are we talking live ships like Ophelia, where like they were made out of dead wizard wood? 
I, sure. Okay, well, that changes things. I like yeah, I mean, if, if we can make that caveat, then I'm going to say live ship. But without that caveat, I have to say dragon because the dragon is, even if they're assholes, they're being what they're meant to be, whereas live ships were literally murdered and, and enslaved. Dragons, yeah. I've seen a thousand fucking dragons. None with a life cycle like this, and I've never seen a live ship before in fantasy fiction. I think they're baller. My vote is for yeah. live ships. Yeah. Ooh. And I like I like the sense of camaraderie of just like being on a live ship. Mm-hmm. I like that the, ship the live ships are all and, like the familial like, friendship of aspect other. of it. Yeah, the live <laughs> ships look out for each other. They pull up to the bar. They gossip together. Yeah, man. They pull up to those you know, like, bars and are like, let's when, get lit. When one gets quickened, they all have to go and introduce themselves and have like a big parade <laughs> of live ships all saying hello. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's really unpopular, but I like an ultra hard mode. And uh, I, I like the idea that we're not top dog. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to vote dragon because... I think okay. that we I think we suck and if there's something that sucks more than us, that's kinda cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's a fair perspective. Yeah. Yeah, because my biggest like the thing that I turns me away from dragons is their attitude. That like I don't like people ego is the grossest thing ever to me. I just I find it so unattractive and the that is something that Tintaglia just need to work on she's, that's she's why like i love old. how unattractive it is because <laughs> the dragons are elitist assholes knock us down right, please right. so do we have do we have a section where we get to talk about any unresolved questions that we have about the sure. trilogy yeah I was right gonna now say, it's, it's your turn i'm done until outro okay I really want to know what the fuck the others are. Like that, I'm really disappointed that that was yes, never explained. That was on my list. Well, I had like three things, and that's one of them. Yeah. Why did the Why did the dragons call them abominations? Like, what the fuck are they? Well, Rachel says she knows what they are, which means we'll find out at some point in time. What else was not resolved? I mean, um, I. I guess it's a precursor. I'm sure it will come into play, but like we did learn in this trilogy that wizard word can be used against dragons mm-hmm. to hurt them. And I guess because it was, we were told that pretty early on. And once we figured out dra- dragons existed, I thought like maybe something would happen with that. But obviously we ran out of time um, per the use. So kind of like seeing where that comes up again. Mm. All right, are we ready to hear what we're doing next? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're saying goodbye to Elena for now. Yep, I'll come back for the uh, other Rainwilds books. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm not caught okay. up with Fitz, so it's too much to try and read. <laughs> thank Fair. you for, thank you for being a part of our journey. Yeah. You have been our hearty for this <laughs> three books. Um, so yeah, so next we uh, will be going on to the Tawny Man trilogy. Book one is called Fool's Errand. So we're back on so our excited. bullshit. <laughs> or my bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> to be on the bullshit. Yes, we're going to be on this bullshit. I'm very excited. It is personally my favorite trilogy. I understand why it is not some people's fave <laughs> but i will die on this hill i'll be up there with you 
I can't Thank wait you. to be in agony. Will Joey? <laughs> <laughs> Will Joey be participating in the yes. Tommy Man trilogy? So okay. Joey wants to come back uh, for all the fit stuff, so he's going to be back. Um, I am proposing that we take a three-week break, which would make us return on August seventeenth. Yes. Yeah. You guys, I've already read two books since we finished mm. this one. Holy like, shit. Feel like I have so You're much. You're at the freedom. height of your power. <laughs> um, so yes, so Tawny Man, uh, book one, Fools Aaron. We will be back on August seventeenth. We're gonna read the first, I don't know, five chapters. That sounds good. And uh, the crew will be back. Old folks, new folks, no new folks. There's no one. <laughs> Joey, new improved. He improved has rested for me. long. <laughs> Yeah, me and Joey just like tapping each other out, like, "All right, baton pass, your turn." <laughs> he's re- he's ready. He's re- he keeps asking. He's like, "When are we going back to Fitz?" He loves Fitz. He's been asking that since the first book. You ready? You run ready. <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to it because it is different, and I I enjoy being. I mean, I don't enjoy being in Fitz's <laughs> head because that's psychotic, but I. It's, I like him. Like, I feel like I could be friends with him. It would be frustrating, and I would, like, I, I, mean, like I, I would him fits, punch him a lot, but. <laughs> I would push him down a hill and be like, why are you so stupid? But I would definitely, like, be down to hang with I Night mean, Eyes. All well, time. I relate to Night Eyes because Night Eyes has to be in Fitz's head with him and be like, oh my god, I hate you. Please do something irrational. <laughs> <laughs> but his irrationality is why I love him. Um, okay, you can email us at buckkeepradio at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. Uh, you can find me at Darth Rachel on the internet, uh, Darth underscore Rachel on Instagram. I'm Alyssa, and I am at alyssamaynard.com. I'm Jenny. You can find me at Spray on Instagram. I'm Eli, and you can find me at Chewy Bread Cosplay on Instagram. I'm Elena. You can find me at Moth Elena. And I'm Ashley on Instagram at Ladybird Parker. All right. Uh, I think we can go to a short spoiler section if there's anything anyone wants to say. I just have the one thing that I wanted to say. All right. Well, I'm going yeah. to uh, go walk the plank, me hearties. Goodbye. <laughs> Talk to you guys later. Bye. 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 So the wiki says that they are offspring of dragons that have been influenced by human contact. So it's the reverse of the elderlings. They're nega elderlings, yeah. Abandoned. That's just on the weird. dumb island they were born on. <laughs> yeah, they're like serpents that didn't figure out where the ocean was and never left. So they so they're serpents that have human qualities. So that yes. so they hatch and then just like stand, <laughs> <laughs> like a giraffe from an egg, as nature intended. And the other servants are like, "Why the fuck do you have legs?" Wait, where does this information come from? I really don't know. I'm reading it later. <laughs> Rainwild super information. Rainwilds bullshit. Just some Rainwilds bullshit. <laughs> it's the next shirt.
<laughs> just put... <laughs> I honestly don't remember what the fuck I was supposed to say, and it was going to be good. Is it about Let's the fool, see. probably? Probably. Can't wait till he rides up on Malta. Oh, yes. I think. Yes, I remember rides what it was now. I remember what it was now. <laughs> Based on the conversation that Amber had with Wintrow, is Wintrow a catalyst? I believe so. I mean, are, so? are White Prophets only supposed to have one catalyst in their life? Or? Well, that's. I thought that that was the the whole thing was they each have their catalyst yeah. they don't have like they can't just like find people they can't like find he's, a catalyst and be like but he's the white prophet so maybe it's somebody else's catalyst and he's just like oh, i can fix like this buffy. shit like once a generation there's a white prophet and their catalyst like but it seems maybe like there's lesser catalysts oh lesser catalysts that's interesting well it seems like all of the vestry people like Wintro, Malta, and Althea were all, apparently because they all looked like the same person. Um, <laughs> they did all well, seem to have something of destiny. I think we like, them. somebody made a joke a few episodes ago that it took like three Vestrits to equal like one Fitz catalyst. So <laughs> yeah, lesser, a lesser catalyst. It just seemed weird that, that Amber was like, don't you feel like a connection to me don't you feel like there's something you need to do and i'm like wait i'm sorry is wintrow a catalyst it makes me feel like the fool is trying to search for fitz's replacement and a little <laughs> bit of denial like maybe i can maybe. run away and maybe that's Find not destiny yeah i mean but clearly he didn't need wintrow right because he didn't meet wintrow until after the deed was done well, what was it that the fool saw that Wintrow needed to do? There was I don't know, some, but like, Paragon said it didn't matter. Vagary. So. <laughs> there was some vagary about, like, like was Wintrow supposed to become the Pirate King? Well, I mean, I feel... I, or, because, I mean, let's, also let's said, look at it well, long and, term. What's this story plotline about? It's about hatching dragons. Right. So Did, it's Was Wintrow even up. needed for that? Well, no, yes, because Wintrow freed She Who Remembers. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, yeah. But I feel oh, like... true. I feel like all of these... I mean, yes, Amber, like, bankrolled, like, Paragon's expedition, but, like, and, you know, and carved that trap door. <laughs> that must be it, though, Wintrow freeing She Who Remembers. That's got... Yeah, that that's gotta be, be it. Right, and, and Amber doesn't know that Wintrow did that. So. Right, but, like, this... I guess I was getting at, like, yes, she did those things for, like, the Paragon part of it, but did she actually need to be a part of Wintrow's story to... Well, there was that? a part where she, where Amber was talking to Paragon where she said something like, oh, so-and-so needed to become a priest and, like, think deep thoughts and... All right, where is it? Get a deep thoughts. Serpents live in the deep, the ocean. <laughs> what chapter was mine? 39? 40? 40. 40. Charging bucks, eating their own dead, <laughs> tormenting Paragon, <laughs> Grotz Horde. I mean, maybe, maybe Amber's interaction with Althea and then Althea coming into contact with Wintrow at the end was all that was needed. To... Well, I feel like if, if Wintrow's task in the, like... 
you know, Dragon Life Cycle tat, like goal was to free She Who Remembers. Like, he didn't need Amber's influence for that. Yeah, Although I, yeah but who knows what would have happened if Kenneth had lived. I have the paragraph. She says, so Paragon says, I lived and I've stayed alive. I suppose I had as much a right to do that as anyone. Absolutely. She shifted, then reclined in his arms to look up. He followed her gaze, but saw only darkness. The clouds were thick beyond the trees. All of us have a right to our lives. But what if for lack of guidance, we take the wrong paths? Take Wintrow, for instance. What if he was meant to lead a different life? What if, because of something I failed to do or say, he became king of the Pirate Isles when he was meant to be a man leading a life of scholarly contemplation, a man whose destiny was to experience a cloistered, contemplative life becomes a king instead. His deep spiritual medi- uh, meditations never occur and are never shared with the world. But I feel like his task was to free she who remembers, so I think it kind of worked out. <laughs> Well, it just makes me feel like, well, what was the prophecy? Yeah. What was, what, what, you know, what was the prophecy that, you know, Involved Amber wrote down in her journal and, like, was never uttered? I just, I want Robin Hobb to rewrite these books from the fool's perspective. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I feel like my brain would hurt, but it would be fascinating. I th- well, I think that I think that's like one of the the things that makes us that draws us to the fool is because the mystery. They're it's the mystery. It's the, they're you know they're enigmatic. They seem confident. They seem like they know what they're doing, but they don't. I think it's why it's interesting when we get these perspective later because you like see her have those dreams and not and like trying to piece together the puzzle. Yeah, and so it's sort of a taste of what the fool's perspective might have been. Except less knowledgeable. It's always so sad to me that being the fool never really had a good relationship. Yeah. Cry about that later. <laughs> sure, there will be much. It makes it later. even more like crazy that initially the fool was supposed to be a throwaway character. <laughs> like what? I know. Yeah, like the entire yeah, series is so about much. the fool. All right. Well, I am very excited to go back to the six touchies. Yay. It was sort of soothing to be in Fitz's tiny little hermit cabin. I like pirates, but I do want to see Fitz again. Oh, I love Fitz so much. Break except my for the, heart. Except for the Hedgewitch. I just in want to hug pieces. him. Hedgewitch can go away. This is my heart. <laughs> I just want to hug him. If I saw Fitz in real life, if I suddenly found myself in a field outside his stupid hut, <laughs> I would just hug him, just like the fool. I would just hug him. He'd fall off your horse needs, and hug him. He just I'm needs one. He needs a hug. All right. Anything else, guys? Nope. 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 Cool. I will somehow make this a much shorter episode. Thank you. <laughs> it's a special edition final wrap-up. Extra long. You're welcome. All right. I'm pressing stop now. Bye. 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 Bye.